We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Dynasty. Tradecast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Bench Straight Cast on RotoViz Radio, brought to you by our friends over at Blue Wire and the RotoViz Radio Network. Dan, we had a true false fest last week. That's in the books. We're, uh, we'll probably put in another session of that in a few weeks, maybe once the rookie draft season calms down. But today, today we are dedicating to the progno- prognostication. Of the NFL draft slash a one big trade or one to two big trades that have happened in the last couple of weeks. How's it going tonight, my friend? Well, I think it's too early in the episode to use words like prognostication or whatever you just said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's the QB cast tonight. Looking looking forward to diving in. Uh, I think the first four-ish items are players or or situations i'm not overly in love with so it could it could lead to you changing my mind on a couple of them but i'm guessing my mind might already be made up we'll see <laughs> well, well let's well, might as well get started a guy who i've been training change your mind on for the last four <laughs> years and um uh you have smartly not listened once sam darnold Sam Darnold has been traded from the New York Jets to the Carolina Panthers for basically a second round pick in 2022, a fourth round pick in 2022, and a sixth round pick in 2021. So I'm hopeful here. 
I, I think that you, if you asked me two weeks ago, where can Sam Darnold go and you'll be happy with the landing spot, my answer would have been the Carolina Panthers. They have DJ Moore. They have Robbie Anderson. They have a top 10 pick to possibly invest in a, a tight end, a wide receiver, an offensive lineman to help support Sam Darnold. This is going to be the best offense that Sam Darnold. Oh, and by the way, Christian McCaffrey. This is going yeah. to be the best. This is going to be the best offense uh, Sam Darnold's played on, and it's not even close. Yeah, I mean, his ability to turn around and hand it off can't really, you know, hinder Christian McCaffrey too much. So I think, I think we're in the clear there, uh, and I think the trade works well for both teams. I mean, the Panthers get uh, an essentially a no risk asset for the price of a second in a future draft so uh, i mean I, I can't really hate either either side i think the jets did well getting a second i there's a lot of people that were like that's it that's all it costs to get sam darnold it's like if you think it costs more there like we would have had something by now i would have assumed so um he moves for a second it, it's definitely an upgrade as far as talent goes obviously a huge upgrade as far as coaching goes the problem is Sam Darnold doesn't just get better overnight. Uh, it's very possible Joe Brady can turn him into, uh, you know, at least a, a mediocre starting quarterback. He's never going to be a superstar. I think he's proven that even when he's looked good for Sam Darnold, I would say he's at his best, slightly above replacement level. Yeah, for sure. I, my view on Sam Darnold here is that there has to be some sort of the Adam Gase effect. There has to be some sort of he literally has had nothing around him with the Jets. And that's what I'm banking on with, you know, going to the Panthers and having DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey as your, you know, your centerpieces in, as far as targets in an offense. Now, the one negative side is that, you know, his, his box scores have not been good at the NFL level. Right now I'm looking at his range of outcomes app and hit the most similar seasons to his 2020 season, which was not good with the New York Jets, was 2012 Christian Bonder, 2017 Brock Osweiler, 2019 Mitchell Trubisky. Um, the best player when you go down the list is probably Dak Prescott, 2017, which, which is 16th on the list, and Colin Kaepernick, 2015, which is 8th on the list. So there's not much room for optimism in his you know just straight box score numbers at the NFL level. But some of that can be explained with how bad his situation has been. So, yes, I think that his floor is just as low as ever. But I think that his situation around him and Joe Brady and this Panthers offense is going to escalate his ceiling to a place we haven't seen. Yeah, I think I think if you are going to make the defense in favor of Sam Darnold, the only one you possibly could take is Adam Gase. But, but Adam Gase. We had this conversation... I would imagine four years ago about Adam Gase. And then we had it the year after that. And then the year after that. And now here we are again, talking about how miserable players do under Adam Gase. Uh, aside from a rogue RB type level receiving year from Jarvis Landry, it's been abysmal. So I think there is a glimmer of hope from that perspective, obviously having some, really nice weapons in Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, even Robbie Anderson, who knows, maybe they get Kyle Pitts with their first round pick, or maybe they get uh, a Jamar chase if he's there and they just try to load up and, and see if Darnold can be their guy. I, I just, 
I think we've seen enough, regardless of Adam Gase and the New York Jets, that tells me Sam Darnold is Christian Ponder. Sam Darnold is Jake Locker. Sam Darnold is Mitchell Trubisky. I didn't know that it would be that bad when he came out of college. But like you mentioned earlier, that was just kind of always my stance. I never saw it. I, but this is his chance. If there ever was going to be a, a net positive outcome for Sam Darnold, it is now. And it is 2021. And that is it. And a, a quick look at the, the Panthers offense. Would the only one that you would maybe say stock up here would, would be Anderson because of the connection? Or you think it's, you know, at the base level, like small increment because the offense – the offense should be better going from Teddy Bridgewater to Sam Darnold. So is it just like a small upgrade because of the offense? Is it a huge upgrade for Anderson because they have a connection? What are your thoughts on, the, on that? I don't I, – I genuinely don't see how it's an upgrade. Teddy was very mediocre. We know what Teddy Bridgewater is. Teddy's better than Sam Darnold. Maybe not down the field. Teddy's never been a down-the-field type guy, so it's probably a slight boost for Robbie Anderson. But Teddy's – I mean, at at worst, they're the same. It's a it's a dead heat. Wait, but you just said it's a win win, and it makes sense for the Panthers, and it's a low cost move. If he's worse right. than Teddy, why they do it? At at the at best case scenario, it's the same guy. You get a younger version of the same guy. So it's a bad for, move for the Panthers. You should say it's a bad move for the. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But I mean, there's up, there is upside there because what if, what if it is the Adam Gase thing, right? There's, there's that 1%. So I think if you have any amount of hope, any amount of upside, it's still a win considering the price you could potentially have, whether it's a bridge quarterback or a full contract quarterback in Sam Darnold, a second round price tag for what could be. It's probably worth it all said and done. I, I just I don't see how it's a short term upgrade. Best case scenario, it's a long term upgrade and they just kind of keep dragging him along until they feel like he's reached his full potential. And then we see what that Sam Darnold looks like. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends whose four way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Now let's move on to the player who will be replacing Sam Darnold in New York Green. And that, at this point, is all but presumed to be Zach Wilson of BYU. Uh, I, 
I'm still not sure how we got here. I'm not sure how we got to Zach Wilson being, uh, you know, securely over Justin Fields and Trey Lance. He was mediocre his first two seasons at BYU, had a great 2020 uh, junior season with a 12.6 AYA. Love to see that. But I am always just so wary of these guys who, you know, come onto the scene their final season or these guys who have really one good year under their belts. Yes, it's, it's a good sign that he started for three years, but I don't, I don't see what Zach Wilson gives you that Justin Fields doesn't do that's better. I mean, I definitely don't, don't understand. And, and part of me, part of me is like, it's all smoke and mirrors, but at the same time, when you've got, BYU alum and like someone who's going to be on the inside, Steve Young saying it's Zach Wilson and you've got Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport and everyone saying it's essentially locked in that it's going Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson and Mac Jones or Justin Fields in those first three. I mean, wherever there's smoke, there's fire for the most part. But, I mean, there's probably still an outside chance it's not. Maybe they trade out for some reason. Maybe they trade back two spots and then just get whoever's left. They, they move back to get Lance or, or whatever. Uh, as far as Zach Wilson goes, and as much as I liked Baker Mayfield, it feels like Baker Mayfield. It feels like there's, there's a sliver of hope that it could be the huge step forward that Josh Allen took but it's really hard to project something like that. To me, he feels like a poor man's Baker. And, and I really genuinely like Baker coming out. I, I I see a lot of the similar traits in Zach Wilson. I just don't think the full potential is there. And, and obviously Baker hasn't met any sort of potential thus far in the NFL. I guess we could call that, you know, a, 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 not a great, a great thing for him, but I, I just see a lot of that in Zach Wilson. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I can understand that comp for sure. Just looking at his box score uh, scout comps, they aren't good. We I guess, hold on, let me put in draft pick two. That might help fix these comps because they're not good at the moment. But when I put in draft pick two, it's loading. Um, and we'll get back to it. But yeah, with Zach Wilson, here we go. So his his sim score uh, scout comps, when I just put in his draft, draft position, it's Andrew Luck 53, Marcus Mariota 43, and Sam Darnold 41. So um, yeah, it's it, the one thing with the box score scout is once you put in the draft capital, it does end up putting guys that are in that range, and those are all guys that went top and picked in the NFL draft. So, and that's where Zach Wilson is going to go. Uh, but in general, I, I think that he is going to end up not being the QB two in fantasy, but he's the QB two off the board. I think unless there's some weird scenario with Justin Fields, I think that it's going to end up being Lawrence QB one, Fields QB two. And then Wilson QB three, especially because it's not like he's running into some great offense with the Jets. Right. Yeah. That uh, I, I, I don't think, I, and I, I, and I'm not a huge Trey Lance guy. I don't think there's a chance I'm putting him ahead of Trey Lance at even, even with the draft capital going to the Jets. Uh, I mean, it's been a death sentence since what Chad Pennington. You always do this with teams, and <laughs> you could have said that about Chiefs quarterbacks until Alex Smith. Like, um, that's not true, but <laughs> you know what I mean. They didn't have a good quarterback between Trent Green and, and Alex Smith. All I'm uh, all I'm saying is, 
forever going to the Jets. Oh, big media. This is super great. Spotlight, all of that. I mean, it's been nothing but garbage. They had one good run and lost to Brady. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. All right. One thing we we should have uh, wrapped up the Panthers. We we shouldn't have gone to Zach Wilson. We should have wrapped up with the Panthers first and gone to Teddy. Uh, Is Teddy just the, the Panthers backup here? Do you think there's a chance anybody trades for him? I don't see – I think that the game of musical chairs, the only spot at the table left was pretty much the Bears, and I don't see them paying Dalton plus Teddy 10-plus million. The only other logical thing, and I think more recent moves and contracts have kind of unfortunately uh, shaken out the wrong direction for him, would have been the New Orleans Saints if if Taysom and Jameis both what, didn't renew. But would the Panthers have even traded him there? Like, I mean, I, maybe, but – Probably if they if they thought that they could get something of value out of, you know, a, a rival of sorts. So I, I don't know. I, I still think Teddy is right on that borderline of of NFL starter or the best backup. I think he's right on right on that on that bridge. So if somebody needed the, you know, the just in case quarterback or a short term starter to kind of bring a rookie along. Uh, I, I think he's probably the guy. I think he's better than than just you know a short term fix. But also, we know what we're getting with Teddy. It's he's not he's not transforming an offense into anything special. You get what you get. It, it's not great, but he's also not going to lose you the game. Here, here's a slight take: uh, the Giants would have won the division if they had Teddy Bridgewater last year. Uh, yeah, more, <laughs> most likely. Daniel Jones certainly wasn't going to do that. Yeah. Um, all right. So any, anything else on the Panthers or Zach Wilson before we head on our next topic? I, I just I think it's it's going to be a lot of people taking Zach Wilson in fantasy as the QB, two. when in fact, no, he, no, no, I, I think it's I think it's going to happen. I think we're going to get Baker mania just like we had last time. People are going to fall in love with the kid and it's going to be abysmal because they have zero weapons. Uh, Corey Davis and. Great. Stuff, Good luck getting Corey Davis open against a number one corner. All right. Let's move on to a pr- another presumptive pick. We have Mac Jones. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, April 6th. And this was the morning where everyone woke up and said, Schefter's like, all right, the draft starts at four. Mac Jones is a San Francisco 49er. And I was cautious of this when the day of the, the trade up to three, you know, most of fantasy Twitter was like Justin Fields, Justin Fields, Shanahan, Justin Fields, Shanahan, maybe a sprinkle of Trey Lance, Shanahan. But Chris Sims, Chris Sims has a Kyle Shanahan tattoo. And Chris Sims said, <laughs> Chris Sims said that the man he has a tattoo of would be taking Mac Jones. And so I kind of took that as like, mm, maybe Chris Sims knows what you're talking about. But my one speck of hope here is that Kyle Shanahan's like, oh, my buddy Chris Sims, he's in the media. I'm going to feed this to him, whether it's, you know, hey, hey, Chris, like, tell everybody we're taking Mac Jones. Or it's like he just screws over his buddy, like, hey, Chris, we're taking Mac Jones just to turn around and take Justin Fields. <laughs> uh, I, I, all, I, too, have a take. Uh, this is a ploy to try to get the Jets to take Mac Jones because they secretly think that the Jets are taking Justin Fields. Wait, what? <laughs> what? 
Kyle, Kyle Shanahan is trying to get the Jets to take Mac Jones by saying they want Mac Jones because they truly believe the Jets are going to take Justin Fields and they want Justin Fields. But why would the... Why? I mean, I know you're being conspiracy here. Why would the Jets care who the Niners want at three? Like, they just take the guy they want. Because a lot of times they like to mimic actual good coaching and good GM moves, and the Jets haven't done that in ever. Well, I mean, they they did take the Niners staff to to make the new Jets staff. So there is some, you know. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. No, I mean, <laughs> I still think, as disappointing as I think that I think it's pretty locked up. Fields is not going or two or three. I think I think Justin Fields is one hundred percent a forty nine er. I think the Mac Jones bit is just a bit. Okay, so then what's your what's your opinion on the Chris Sims theory? Do you think that Shanahan told Chris Sims to lie, or is Kyle Shanahan lying to Chris Sims? This, the is, only, what, this is the hard hitting analysis we need. <laughs> my only response to that is: When's the last time Chris Sims was right about anything? Ever? I'm. Uh, who was the guy? I think he had Josh Allen as his number one quarterback, so he got that going for him. Well, yeah, hindsight, but yeah, he it, it's no, I don't, <laughs> I don't. That's the the largest grain of salt in the history of the universe. Okay, let's return to let's assume Adam Schefter is never wrong, and Adam Schefter speaks the gospel. What are your thoughts on Mac Jones here? Does this put him over Justin Fields, the Jet? I mean, Justin Fields. Does this put him over Zach Wilson, the Jet? Let's assume you and I agree, Justin Fields, wherever he goes, assuming he's in the top 10, he's the QB2. So does Mac Jones at three put go ahead because he has the Kyle Shanahan bump over Zach Wilson, the Jet? I think if if uh, all things being equal, if the Jets drafted Zach Wilson or the Jets drafted Mac Jones, I would take Mac Jones. In either situation, I think Mac Jones is a better quarterback. So if he goes to the 49ers and lands in an infinitely better situation with strong weapons, a significantly better coaching staff, and uh, I mean, he's quite easily ahead of Zach Wilson there for me. I don't think I'm taking him over Justin Fields still, regardless of knowing where Justin Fields is going, even though I'd love to see Justin Fields end up just for some odd reason being an Atlanta Falcon. Just because I, I don't know why it just seems like a perfect fit. I, I think I would I would say as of right now these assumed one two three that we've gone over in the show. Trevor Lawrence obviously he's not getting bumped unless somehow Justin Fields falls all the way to like the back half of the first and ends up on a super team that needs that has like an old quarterback. If he ends up being a Steeler or something, I mean come on man. <laughs> but. So I would go Trevor Lawrence one, Justin Fields two, Mac Jones three, Zach Wilson four, because we haven't touched on Trey Lance yet. So I I think that I'm taking Zach Wilson over Mac Jones. Um, I just think the upside's so much higher. Um, but we'll we'll see in terms of oh, Mac for Jones sure. in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, upsides uh, upside I would say is not even close. I think Mac Jones is a finished product and he is an NFL starter, not a great one, but a good enough one where uh, the, the, the floor there for me, because Zach Wilson has no floor as far as I'm concerned. 
kind of close to Trey Lance. I don't think either one of those guys has much of a floor at all. I think Mac Jones, aside from Trevor Lawrence, probably has the highest floor. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that his his range of outcomes is probably like lower end Carson Palmer career. Yeah, yep, that's like a perfect that's a perfect way to say it. And if Kyle Shannon gets himself on a lower end, <laughs> lower end first ball yeah. career, it'll turn into a higher end one. Um, but before we head into the latter half of our prognostication show, let's hear about ourselves, Roto Viz. What's up, Rotoviz listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Rotoviz Radio and one of the co-hosts of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening into another Rotoviz Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or by simply adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Rotoviz website, the best tools and content in the business for the best listeners in the business as always we do appreciate you listening to each and every show and if you do have 5 10 15 seconds to spare please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app it is much appreciated with all that said thank you once again for tuning in i hope you have a great day now let's get back to the show Once again, get that code, RV Radio 2021. Get a hold of these stats, uh, <laughs> tools, stats. Yes, Rotovin. The well, there stats are happen. technically stats. They're stats. <laughs> the stats happen. Uh, Game splits app, range of outcomes app, everything you can need and want in a tool. Rotovin has got it. So we've talked a lot about Justin Fields, even though he has not yet been on <laughs> the agenda. And now he's on the agenda. So, so in this world we're talking about, we're talking about a world where Sam Darnold's a Panther, Zach Wilson is a Jet, and Mac, Mac Jones is a San Francisco 49er. So in this world, is Justin Fields a Falcon, a Lion, a Bronco, or a Patriot? Well, I would love to see the Denver um, situation work out. I, I think that would be a really good place as well because then you start up right away. With Jerry Judy, with Cortland Sutton, with Noah Fant, really nice pass catchers off the get. Um, I, I think Detroit is probably the worst outcome possible there. I, I don't know if that's necessarily an argument that can be made. I mean, yeah, they have DeAndre Swift, but well, the the ar- argument would be that he's not touching a ball in twenty twenty one if he goes to Atlanta. He could end up starting week four if he goes to Detroit. Now, my argument against him going to Detroit is it never makes sense to draft a quarterback at the beginning of a rebuild. The Detroit Lions are at the beginning of a rebuild with, you know, the the future first they accumulated by trading away Stafford's last taking on the golf contract. So they'd be wasting rookie contract years by saying, okay, let's invest in our quarterback now. My only counter to that would be, you know, yes, they're going to be bad, but like Justin Fields might be better than Sam Howell. Justin Fields might be better than, you know, DJ Ugalele. Like all these guys who are going to be top quarterbacks in the next few years, I think Justin Fields is better than them. So if Justin Fields falls to them at seven, you know, I, I'm not going to fault them for it, but I think it's bad, you know, process, bad strategy. Um, I think the ideal spot here of those four is Denver. Atlanta, I think it makes it, the Atlanta one makes sense if they hadn't made the move to basically they locked themselves into Ryan by, by pushing back his money into 2022, yeah. which so basically 
if they're drafting a quarterback, they're not taking advantage of that, you know, window of, you know, cheap quarterback money at all. Cause two of his four years that are cheap are going to be with Matt Ryan still in the books. Right. So I'm really rooting for Denver or a new England trade up personally. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, obviously ideally you get the best coach in the game with one of your favorite prospects that, that would be, that would be really fun to let him, you know, work even alongside cam for a little bit. Um, I, I think I think would be would be great a New England landing spot kind of reestablish some weapons there. But uh, if I had to pick of this group, I, I would say Denver would be my would be my favorite. If if San Francisco can happen, let's assume Mac Jones is locked in there. I, I would love to see Denver get their hands on him. Well, and then, and then before we move on, what which which one of these do you think is the most likely at this stage? I know you're, obviously we're not mock drafters, but like if you were putting together a mock draft and had to give them to one of these four teams, which would it be? Well, like you said, I think the Atlanta move, you know, they either start now with a project quarterback um, because of the Matt Ryan money situation. Detroit makes sense, but it also doesn't make sense because they have the huge golf contract. They did just trade for him. They're probably going to try to get their money's worth out of him in the short term. Keep being bad. Keep stockpiling assets. So honestly, I, I think Denver probably not only is my favorite, but makes the most sense. Yeah, there, there's there is no way to poke holes in him landing in Denver other than another team trading ahead of Denver, basically. So uh, that, that's what I'm hopeful for. And I think that that one would be so awesome for fantasy. Yeah. Next, let's talk about the Miami Dolphins. They traded down from three to 12, picked up two first rounders in a third. And then they used one of those first rounders to get back up to six with the Philadelphia Eagles. So there are three elites prospects in this draft that are non-quarterbacks and the Miami Dolphins are basically guaranteed one of those three prospects Panay Sewell, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase which one of these guys for all my two shares which one of these guys should I be hoping falls to six which one of you guys should be hoping gets taken at six between these three well I mean you'd think that Jamar Chase is going to be sitting there you know all wrapped up pretty with a bow on top uh, I think that one makes the most sense. It's not too long ago they sunk some draft capital into Mike Gusecki. Yeah, you can get away from that pretty quickly when you have an overwhelmingly better talent in Kyle Pitts. But no, I guess not all teams think that way. I think they have their heart set on someone at six, which is why they made the move to get back to where essentially they were. So yeah, I, I would prefer to see Jamar Chase here. I think, I think Gusecki is just a fine tight end overall. Obviously Kyle Pitts is significantly better, but are we sure Pitts gets past Cincinnati at five? If, if, um, no, no, I, I, I think that honestly, I, I think that these three go four, five, six and dolphins end up don't having their choice of these three. So, uh, I think they're not going to have their choice and they probably end up getting chase or, or Pitts, honestly. Yeah. Um, or not Pitts, chase or Sewell. Um, cause I, I think that, I think Pitts ends up going four or five, depending on what the Falcons do with their quarterback situation. But with the question more saying, like, if you're if you're the two if you're the two guy, which one do you want? You're saying Chase. I, I tend to lean a little bit more towards Sewell, just because you gotta protect him somehow. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, and I, there's no wrong answer. I think any of these guys makes the Dolphins offense much better. And it's a like I rarely like trade up moves when you're trading future first, but I thought this was a solid move where they 
traded back, got the two first, and like, hey, like, let's make sure we still get one of these three elite prospects. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that they they know exactly who they want, or at least a group of players, which I would assume, I mean, I think you laid it out perfectly. I think this is the group of players they're trying to get, and they know they can get one of the three here. So uh, even barring other people trading up to probably nab one or two of them, they're essentially locked in at getting one. So I, I do like the, the addition anytime you can add an almost sure thing at O-line. Uh, to help protect Tua at, because he desperately needs it. Um, I, I just think getting him a, a big-time playmaker like Jamar Chase, who I think is locked in as what will be a true playmaker in the NFL, it, it's hard to turn on that. And then Kyle Pitts, obviously, who is essentially Calvin Johnson, but uh, at tight end. Yeah. And any of those guys added to an offense that already added Will Fuller. So you have Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, who is like, yes, he's not maybe what we hoped for when he was coming out as a rookie, but he's a solid like NFL wide receiver too. And Will Fuller at his best is a wide receiver one, and that is worst is injured. <laughs> so <laughs> there, there there are some there there are you know a variety of ways that offense get better on draft day, and one of these guys is the answer. And of course, they're going to end up drafting like Patrick Sertain, of course, just to screw us all over. <laughs> All right, let's wrap up the show with our best guesses for Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell, Travis Etienne, and Najee Harris. I, I think that Devonta Smith, his floor right now is the Eagles at 12. I think that his, you know, other like, likely possibilities might be Detroit at 7, Denver at 8. So um, what are your thoughts on on Smith, Waddell, and then we'll go to the running backs. Yeah, I think I think if Detroit sticks and they don't find a way to move back and keep acquiring assets, I think they start there with with one of the wide receivers, whoever they like better out of Waddle and Smith. I would imagine Smith would be higher on their board, but you know, to to each their own. I, I would imagine Waddle then is probably going in that Philly, Philly range, uh, pairing him with Jalen Rager. And as far as the running backs go, uh, once you kind of get into that territory. You know, the the you know I don't think any any one of those running backs is gonna be going like mid first, but I guess you could stake a claim on eighteen to Miami if they really were feeling like, hey, right, this we, could be were, a guy. People were mocking a running back to Miami all off season last year, and then it just didn't happen. Right, right, and that's obviously again, it's very, very, very possible. Uh, I, I think you're probably gonna see. A potential running back in play for Pittsburgh at 24, depending on if they're going to keep trying to add around Ben for however many years he has left. Um, outside Green of Bay, that, Green I, always an option. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even with the Aaron Jones signing, we, we've seen them do things that literally no one else would do. So, but, um, but also the, the main one, which I think is a very likely possibility, is. Jacksonville at 33 slash moving up into the that back end to try and get a fifth year option. Um, I know that they just got burned by Fournette in the first, but let's be honest, they're not going into 2021 with James Robinson as their RB one. And if they can acquire Etienne or Harris and build around Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, I think that's a move they're going to be looking to make. Is James Robinson that? I mean, do you think there's a, that big of a gap between? I mean, Najee Harris, yes. Uh, Travis Etienne, is there that big of a difference between the two? I I, I do think so because I think Etienne is okay. one of the better running backs. I mean, I I think so too. It's just the perception of he had such a great year that, I mean, can you justify spending 
what should be a really quality pick on probably the least well, valuable sure. position. We're, we're also fantasy Twitter, draft Twitter. Like, right. No running backs no would ever get taken if it was up to fantasy Twitter. <laughs> like, like Travis Etienne would be a fourth-round pick. I mean, does Arizona at 16 consider Najee Harris or Travis Etienne? Yeah, it, yeah, that's a possibility, too. I, I think they're more likely – I know it's a little bit harder, but they're more likely to do, like, you know, this year's – Second, next year's second, like a fourth round pick to get back up into the end of the first. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's probably a smart move as well. But no, trading two second round picks for a rookie running back, for a running back is not well. Smart. No, uh, but <laughs> it's smart in the sense of that's how it would piece together because that's what some teams do. Yep. But also, people forget uh, the Saints traded a second for uh, what ended up being Alvin Kamara. Um, and I thought that was stupid, and <laughs> it was not. <laughs> Definitely not stupid. All right, that should wrap us up for this evening. Once again, promo code RV Radio twenty twenty one gets you ten percent discount and support the podcast network. Any last words before we head out? We got our prognostication on Dan. That's right, prognostication all all the way to the bank, brother. <laughs> All righty, that should wrap us up. Um, Dan will be uh, visiting um, some friends with ears uh, next week. So it'll be me and Jordan McNamara. So be sure to tune in for that. Friends with ears. I like it. I'm going to Disney in case anyone didn't catch that. Yes, we are going to Disney amidst a lovely pandemic. So this should be should be super fun. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether to say it or not. <laughs> Kadoosh! Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.